Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Thursday, June 7th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, two Democratic legislators have filed suit against Governor Bryant, saying he overstepped his boundaries when he made cuts to the state's budget and public schools. The statute in question is unconstitutional because the legislature cannot, by statute, give a core responsibility away to someone else. Then find out how the national utility scam is affecting Mississippi customers and how to avoid being a victim. And in our book club, Pulitzer Prize winner and best-selling author John Meacham examines political divisiveness but how the greater good prevails in his new book, The Soul of America. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Two Democratic lawmakers are questioning Governor Phil Bryant's power to make mid-year state budget cuts. The Southern Poverty Law Center argued the lawsuit before the Mississippi Supreme Court on behalf of Representative Bryant Clark of Pickens and Senator John Horn of Jackson. The suit claims that in February and March 2017, Governor Bryant cut $63 million from the fiscal year 2017 budget without input from the state legislature and violated state code. This included $20 million from public schools. Will Bardwell is attorney with the Southern Poverty Law Center. He says appropriations decisions are the responsibility of the legislature. Under the Mississippi Constitution's strict and absolute separation of powers, no branch of government can ever exercise the core powers of another branch. And under the separation of powers, the power to make appropriations decisions is a core power that can be exercised by the legislature alone. When you're talking about a branch's core powers, the separation of powers is absolutely absolute. There is no delegating a branch's core powers. Now, once you get out toward the edges of a branch's powers where the the decisions are non-discretionary administrative decisions, what the Alexander decision called low-level decisions, those can be delegated. And, of course, that happens all the time. Any statute that authorizes another branch of government to change the legislature's appropriations decisions is facially unconstitutional. Senator John Horn of Jackson is named in the suit. He tells MPB's Ashley Norwood making mid-year cuts violates the separation of powers. Well, it wasn't so much the cuts, but the manner uh, in which the cuts were made. Uh, We believe that the statute in question is unconstitutional because uh, the legislature cannot, by statute, 
uh, give a core responsibility of the legislature away to someone else. Tell me a little bit more about how that's unconstitutional. Well, if there's a situation where uh, we cannot have a balanced budget, uh, the governor does have the authority uh, to uh, make and take certain actions. But we think those actions ought to be to, to he can go into the rainy day fund or he can call a special session of the legislature, which would then change the appropriation. So if the court strikes down the statute um, that gives him that authority, what would that mean for the state going forward if they strike it down? Well, it, it, if, it's, if, if the court were to strike down that statute, uh, we think that uh, there are several actions that could, could be taken in the event that there's a budget crisis. The first is the governor can go into the rainy day fund. The second is he can call the legislature, and the legislature can come back and, and make the necessary adjustments in the budget. What about the public schools? Would that money be restored, or could that be a possibility? Well, if the statute is struck down, uh, there's every possibility that, that the um, cuts made to MAEP could be restored uh, in a future uh, budgetary session. Senator Horn, tell me why this is so important to you. Well, I just think that um, if we allow uh, one branch of government to uh, encroach on the core values and core duties of another branch of government, uh, that's not what uh, our, our Constitution allows for, and it's not, uh, in my opinion, it's not good government. Senator John Horne, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Republican Governor Phil Bryant has called the lawsuit, quote, ridiculous. Coming up, find out how the national utility scam is affecting Mississippi customers and how to avoid becoming a victim. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Some Mississippi utility customers are the target of a new round of reported scams. Officials with Entergy Mississippi say they've been notified of this national scam by victims in their 45-county service area. They now encourage users across the state to make an effort to protect themselves. Mara Hartman is Senior Communications Specialist with Entergy Mississippi. She tells us more. Well, actually, it's called the National Utility Scam, um, because it hits a lot of utilities, Entergy and even others in Mississippi and around the country. And it's been around for about five years, um, unfortunately, because it's effective. People sometimes fall for it. Um, what it involves is uh, uh, someone will get a phone call. It could be a residential customer, could be a small business customer, especially restaurants. And someone on the other end of the line pretends to be from Entergy, and they tell you that your bill is past due. And they demand immediate payment or they will cut you off, usually within the hour. How so do they want that payment? Well, that's the that's the trick. They want you to go to like a drugstore or grocery store and pick up one of those green dot or money pack cards, those type of cards that you can load up with money. Mm -hmm. And then you call them back and you give them the, you know, the information on the card and they steal your money. And it's poof, it's gone. Um, they're getting really sophisticated about it, too, because they're using spoofing technology to make it appear that the phone number on your caller ID comes from Entergy. It just seems suspicious to me that you would have to do it through one of these money cards. Right. That's a real key. Um, well, there's there's a few keys right here. First of all, Entergy never calls to demand money. 
from you. And um, so we might place a robocall to say your power's out or it's back on or we're going to be doing work in your area. But a live person will never call and demand money. And we never accept money that way. Um, There's a lot of ways you can pay energy. To me, the best way is to just sign up for an automatic bank draft. Mm-hmm. And that way, you know your payment's not late every month. So that's one way you can do it. You can do it the old-fashioned way and send us a check through snail mail. Or you can pay online. Um, we do You can pay by phone or by credit card, but that's only through a third-party vendor called Bill Matrix. costs a little bit of money, but you have to initiate the call. They won't call and tell you your bill's past due. Will they ask for personal information? We get tricked into it sometimes, and that that's kind of what they do because they're setting up a panic situation. Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily thinking clearly, and you might do something that you might not ordinarily do if you were thinking with a clear head. But these scams tend to pop up at Christmas time during the holidays when we're baking and we got a lot of family coming to town and we can't afford to lose our electricity. Or in the summer when it starts to get really, really hot or, and you don't want to lose your power, you know, because that could even be a safety issue if you've elderly people living with you or, or anything, you know, nobody wants to lose their power in this kind of heat. So it's a panic situation. So they're very good at what they do. Scammers sound professional. They sound like they're from Entergy, I would imagine. They absolutely do. But if you, if you have any doubt at all, the best thing to do is just hang up. And call energy back. Do not call the number because, remember, they're using that spoofing technology. So you don't want to call the number on your caller ID, but hang up and call energy at 1-800-ENERGY or uh, 1-800-368-3749. The number's on our website. You can always Google it. And ask to speak to a customer representative and tell them what's going on, and they'll check your account for you if you need it. Is this a very active scam? Have you heard a lot of reports of this happening? Yes, we have. In fact, um, when it hit, it seemed like that very day we got calls from our customer service representatives who'd heard about it all from Brookhaven, from Macomb, from Jackson, up around South Haven and, and uh, Tate County. We just it, all, it almost seemed within the hour we heard from all of these people all over. So it seems like they move in, maybe set up an operation, and move out before they're caught. Are they asking for $100, hundreds of dollars? This is something we've not been able to figure out, but they tend to get the amount they say you owe tends to be very close to what you typically owe. That's a little scary. It is a little scary. We're not sure how they're doing that. I've never heard that it was right on the money. And I've heard them make mistakes. Like sometimes they've called people who who weren't energy customers, <laughs> but they let us know or vice versa. You know, um, they thought they were a customer of another utility and they were an energy customer. Um, so they they slip up now and then, but they're they're pretty sophisticated. If a call sounds suspicious, hang up and call your utility company directly. Do not call back the number that appears on your caller ID. Just as the national utility scam is heating up in Mississippi, so are temperatures over land and in the waters off the Gulf Coast. June 1st marks the beginning of Atlantic hurricane season. Officials with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, predict that the 2018 season is shaping up to be near or above normal. 10 to 16 named storms, including 5 to 9 hurricanes and 1 to 4 major hurricanes with Category 3 strength or high 
higher are predicted. Utility companies are among the organizations gearing up for what may come. Hartman says companies in Mississippi are on guard. We're constantly preparing because um, whether it's a hurricane, a tornado, an ice storm, or even just a really bad thunderstorm, uh, they cause outages. So we constantly, constantly prepare. Um, We have drills all the time. We just finished our big annual drills specifically related to hurricane season. And it's time-tested, and we're continually refining it with lessons learned from every single storm. Um, You know, of course, we have so many storms in between the threats of hurricanes that we're constantly being tested on this plan. And unfortunately, experience is a very good teacher, and Katrina really taught us a lot. Well, and we were talking off air, and you said that Entergy is in Texas. And, of course, Houston was just devastated last year. Right. Uh, Hurricane Harvey um, very greatly impacted our Energy Texas customers. And um, we had a Hurricane Nate, which was threatening. You probably remember the Mississippi Gulf Coast. It was supposed to hit Louisiana and we're Energy Louisiana. So we faced a lot last year and it looks like it's going to be possibly a, a normal to higher than normal hurricane season this year as well. But it only takes one, right? So we always stay prepared and we always urge our customers to prepare and have a plan as well. In the case of Harvey, when you needed a lot of assistance, how many trucks or teams do you have in other areas that you can send to a disaster site? Well, we send our teams first. That's called mutual assistance, and it's an agreement we have with utilities all over the country. But first, we look to see if we have um, linemen and crews from our other energy companies that could come, say, to the rescue of Texas after Harvey. Uh, They might be busy with their own outages that Harvey had caused. But once those customers, their own customers are taken care of, they're free to go to Texas. I'm not sure how many we have, but we have the ability to get as many as we need. And that's where that mutual assistance comes into play. Because after we get our own people and our contractors that work with us day in and day out, well, we reach out to the nearest utilities that were not affected and ask them if they can send crews. They'll tell us how many they can release. And if we need more than that, we go on to the next utility and so on. You know, this year will be the 10th anniversary of Hurricane Gustav, which hit us pretty badly in 2008. And then Gustav and and Ike hit Texas and Louisiana a couple weeks later. We had... um, we had mutual assistance companies, utilities that came from 27 states and Canada. In the case of a hurricane or a tornado, if you lose power... Should you contact Entergy, or do you already know where those power outages are? You should always contact Entergy. Sometimes, usually, we know. It'll hit a large area, but we don't always know. So to be on the safe side, go ahead and and call 1-800-9-OUTAGE to report it. And that way you know you're in the system for sure. A lot of people think because their neighbor called in that they're safe, that it's been reported. But your neighbor might be on a different circuit. And so that's why it's always we ask people to call in or text us. You also have an outage map on your website. Yeah, it's really handy. The um, outage map will show you in real time where all of the outages are in the 45 counties we serve. And that way you can check on a loved one, on a business, on your home if you're away. And you can drill down and it will tell you what time the outage started. And if we know it, 
what caused the outage and what time we expect the power to be restored. Very handy. And, of course, we just want to mention that there are energy cooperatives and Mississippi Power also providing power in Mississippi. You said you cover 45 counties and there are 82 counties. Right. So similar procedures, I would imagine, with the other companies. Uh, Very similar. I can't speak for them, of course, but, yeah, very similar. Mara Hartman is the Senior Lead Communications Specialist with Entergy. Thank you so much, Mara. Thank you, Karen. Coming up in our book club, meet Pulitzer Prize-winning author John Meacham. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The new book, entitled The Soul of America, is a New York Times bestseller. Written by Pulitzer Prize winner John Meacham, its subtitle, The Battle for Our Better Angels, describes the greater good that prevails over political divisiveness in the U.S. Meacham is the author of the New York Times bestsellers Thomas Jefferson, The Art of Power, American Lion, Andrew Jackson in the White House, and Franklin and Winston, among others. He is a distinguished visiting professor at Vanderbilt University, a contributor writer for the New York Times Book Review and a fellow of the Society of American Historians. He tells us more about his newest book. I think the soul of America is the essence of who we are collectively as a people. And given the different eras and different circumstances, we have moments where our better angels went out and we are a place that lives up to its creed, to the idea that we're all created equal. And in other eras and other moments, we fall short of that. The soul is a thing that has room for both Dr. King and for the Klan. And the struggle in every generation is to see if we can heed our best instincts instead of giving in to our worst. Politics today are so polarizing. Is there a time in our past or times in our past when our citizens were more divided? Well, the Civil War was pretty bad. Even in the last 50 years or so in the lifetime of a lot of folks, America lived with a kind of apartheid, in, particularly in the American South. So unquestionably, there have been moments that have felt, I would argue, even more divisive. 1925, 50,000 Klansmen marched in the streets of Washington, D.C. What happens, I think, is that because the problems of the moment are our problems, they take on a kind of outsized significance. It doesn't mean they're not important because they are our problems. But one of the goals that I had in writing this was to say, look, from Reconstruction to the first Red Scare to the 1930s to Joe McCarthy to the backlash against civil rights, we've had incredibly difficult times before, and we've soldiered on. The preamble of the Constitution seems to sum it all up. It seems to set the scene for this country and its future. It starts with we the people. And yet, how soon before we became off track with that? Well, we've we've been flawed from the beginning and we'll be flawed at the very end. The other key part of the, the preamble you mentioned is that we're seeking a more perfect union, not a perfect one because that's not possible on this side of paradise. But the American devotion to the idea that if we put our minds to it, put our hearts to it, tomorrow can be better than today, and that we are, in fact, on a journey that will unfold toward the light as opposed to toward the darkness is a unique national view. And it's defined us, and it's 
what's made our country a place where our immigration issue is that people want to come here. At our heart and our soul, we tend to get things right. It's just unfortunately, as Winston Churchill once said, you can always count on the Americans to do the right thing after they've exhausted every other possibility. Can the failures be attributed to politics, to religion, to politics in religion, or vice versa? I think we get the politics we deserve. Politicians are far more often mirrors of the country than they are molders of it. I don't think that religious faith itself is an overwhelming negative factor at the moment. In fact, I think it has the capacity to be enormously helpful. Religious virtues of thinking of others, of extending a hand instead of clenching a fist, are exactly what we need in the public square. People have, because they fear uh, the loss of what they have, or they fear the loss of the of access to something else, the middle class, the upper middle class, they have reacted and they've politically manifested that anxiety, that fear. My argument is that if we focus on our hope rather than our fear, we're going to end up being happier. The subtitle is The Battle for Our Better Angels. Who are our better angels? Who have they been? Who are they now? Well, Abraham Lincoln, the author of the phrase, is, is one. Uh, Rosa Parks was one. You know, anyone who stands up and says that generosity should triumph over selfishness, that light should triumph over dark, that the wider we open our arms, the stronger we become. Those are our better angels. And they, they've been with us from the beginning. Sometimes they seem a little bit remote. Sometimes they aren't as present as we wish. But the good news is they're not a force outside ourselves. They're part of us. And if we have the right disposition of heart and mind, then people will look back on this era not as a time not to be repeated, but as a time when America righted herself and pressed forward. Best-selling author, Pulitzer Prize winner John Meacham is the author of The Soul of America. John, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Meacham has book signings at Square Books on Wednesday, June 13th at 5 p.m. and at Lemuria on Thursday, June 14th at noon. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Creature Comforts. Then at 10, it's Season Pass. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio.